Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited to have you here with us today. We are on a mission to positively impact culture through stories, sports, and serving. We strive to positively change lives for the better, to expose people to stories and situations so that they can relate and know that they're not alone. We love to be able to connect people to people that they may aspire to be similar to, people that they want to know more about, and people that they want to get access to. Uh, and not just people that are always celebrated. We like to celebrate some of the people that are behind the scenes, the unsung heroes, uh, there's so many people doing great things out here in this world. We want to make sure we shine a light as best we can. So. We are excited to empower you through these stories, through these sports, through these situations. And thanks so much for joining us. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also subscribe on YouTube at All Access Network. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Please share, like, subscribe, and then share, like, subscribe again. Share with a friend, share with a family member, share with another colleague. Uh, within All Access Network, we believe we have something for everyone. We have sports at all levels. Uh, we're continuing to expand to add new and different uh, shows and topics and um, just a different variety of things that can impact you in a positive way. So we look forward to adding those things. Thank you so much for joining us. I think you will definitely enjoy today. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. All Access Network, you're here. Uh, we always say thanks. We have so much gratitude for you guys being a part of this experience. We have several different opportunities within the network for you to connect. We have uh, things within basketball at all levels of sport right now, uh, from high school to college to junior college to specific conferences. Uh, we have some new developments coming soon. We look forward to sharing those with you. We also have uh, we're starting to build part of the network where we can even connect the female population more to uh, some of the things we'll have. So today we are diving into Women's Empowerment Week. It is Women's Empowerment Week. It is the beginning. We will go all five days in a row of just um, being empowered by women, uh, women that have accomplished things in their career professionally, some that are still in school, some that just finished school. Uh, we'll kind of touch all landscapes uh, for the start of the new year. So excited to have you with us on this Women's Empowerment Week. We This series will be a part of uh, Coach's Corner. They are not all coaches, but uh, that is a part of the series that it'll be a part of. And look from for, excuse me, the spinoff from this Women's Empowerment Series to come soon, led by uh, our director, 
of operations, our public relations director, our Jill of all trades, our executive producer, my cousin, Miss Anitra Burton. So look forward to that. She has some exciting things coming here soon. But in the meantime, today's episode, you will definitely love in this entire series. So thanks so much again, All Access Network. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast today. I will be your host, Anitra Burton. No Brian today. It is the Sister Girl, Sister Girl, Women's Empowerment Edition once again. And I am here with my sister from another mister, the amazing, the fabulous. I mean, like I could go on and on about this woman. She inspires me every day. She is my homie. Boy, 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 boy. She she is everything in a bag of chips, as they say. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the people and tell them what makes you so fabulous? <laughs> I'm first of all, so unworthy of this intro, but I am Chelsea Johnson Muir. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. I am a educator, a coach, a mentor, but more than anything, the reason why I'm fabulous is because I know who I am and I know whose I am. And that is my identity in Christ. And so I'm excited to be here. I'll be all that in a bag of chips, as long as you make it Cool Ranch Doritos. So thanks for having me, Anitra. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. Yes, yes. So let's start off with your origin story. So where are you from? You know, where did you grow up? You know, what what started out this inspirational, beautiful life for you? Absolutely. So I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, but my mom and her family are from Gadsden County, Florida, which is about 20 miles outside of Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, So I grew up in both Tallahassee, Florida and Midway, Florida. And I say that because, you know, when you're young, you don't want to, especially in college, you don't want to tell the the country towns that you're from. But those are my roots. And the older that you become, you realize how important that is. And so I grew up down here, raised heavily. You know, my mom, she was a single mother of four, did an amazing job with me and my siblings and my grandparents. We spend the weekends and the evenings with them, uh, fostering that knowledge. I'm from the old school. I tell people that they're like, you're young. Nope. Shucking peas. I did. I've done that. You know, my grandfather had a garden. We watched that, had animals in the back, the chickens, everything. Watched him, you know, open a clean fish, all of that. And so that really humble beginnings is truly where I came from. And it helps because the older that I become and where I start and sit now, that's really where my humility and my joy comes from is just knowing that God can use anybody. And so that's a little about me. Uh, and, and I'm excited to tell that and just to talk with you today. Oh boy, that is beautiful. I, I know the, the cleaning fish aspect. Oh, yeah. um, my grandparents raised me from probably about four on and my grandpa was a hunter. He was a fisher. So it was always very interesting to me. You know, we go fishing, get the fish and bring it back home. And he had this hook that he had put into a tree. You know, he put the the fish on there underneath and it was kind of gross to me at first. But then when he explained it to me and showed me how to do it, y'all was out there with the knife and pulling the the guts out. And that's, yeah, Yeah. all, all that stuff that that's not very girly like, but 
I appreciated getting to know exactly. and cutting grass, working on cars, you know, all that kind of stuff that he wanted me to grow up knowing how to do stuff that most girls didn't know how to do, changing tires on car. Yep. You know, all that that little stuff that is so important so that we don't end up being uh, damsels in distress. That's it. Man. That's it. That was my grandpa right there. He's like, baby girl, you going to know how to do this. All right. And if somebody comes along and they, you know, a young man want to help you, cool. But you're going to know how to do this just in case. So I get that. Shout out to the parents and grandparents that equip us. <laughs> my God, out there pulling weeds and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about high school. High school. Yeah. Tell me about your high school experience. So here's the thing. Uh, so I went to Amos P. Godby High School here in Tallahassee, Florida, and I loved it. And the reason why I loved it is because it has always felt like family. And the amazing part about that is I now so much so love that place that I'm now a teacher and a coach at my alma mater. And so my high school years were amazing. I am the youngest of my siblings. So my siblings had already made it through Godby High School and was already attending it. So you know how that goes when you're the third or the fourth child or however, and it's like, you're such and such little sister. You're such and such little brother, but paving my way for myself. But there's so many teachers and coaches that truly just wrap their hands around me. Um, I always took honors classes, advanced placement classes. My mom didn't play that. Education came first. And, you know, I just remember that the classes were always just on point, challenging your mind. And I'll never forget, and I'll tell this story, um, you know, as a teacher that always stands out for me, her name is Sharon Beaumont. She taught me English. Um, and I'll never forget, we had summer reading. I think everybody does that. And I did not do it. And it didn't bother me at the time. I didn't turn it in. Okay, so we're pacing ourselves through the nine weeks and I ended up with an 88, okay? An 88.8, something like that, 89. And I was like, well, Ms. Beaumont, like, I don't understand. I did everything. Can't you just give me an A? She said, well, I don't give grades. You earn them. She said, but Chelsea, I couldn't do that because you didn't do your summer reading. And I remember being so frustrated. But in that moment, she just taught me a valuable lesson. Don't brush off things that you don't feel are important because they're going to come back later and, and it pays off. And so teachers like that and structures like that, there was a, you know, an a, assistant. She was a secretary and a coach at the time when I was a student, Jenny Blair. And I say these names because I think it's important to highlight people when they, you know, you grow. And now she's my assistant principal. She's, she's my boss. And I think that's amazing. And even my godmother, Lisa Mitchell, who taught there while I was a student and is now, you know, on our staff for the girls basketball team, but played basketball, was starting point guard. Um, you know, I started out as a ninth grader on varsity, didn't really know what that felt like, but just that camaraderie. Um, and, and, and my high school experience was, like I said, so amazing to me, building me for the future that I, I'm now back there to do the same for the kids today at Amos B. Ivy. Oh man, that is beautiful. I love that. It's something about going back to an alma mater, whether it be a college or a high school, yeah. it's coming home. You know, walking those, walking those same hallways. Oh, and yeah. Like when we were in high school, everything felt like so big and huge. And then when we go back as adults, it's like, man, this place is kind of small, but it's it's cozy, you know, it, it's comfortable. That's it. So you spoke about basketball. So when did you first fall in love with basketball? 
Uh, I would probably be, I, I started thinking about brown sugar when you said that. When did you first fall in love with hip hop? <laughs> but um, back when uh, my brother, he was the only boy, right? It was three girls and a boy. And back when I was a young, six, maybe five, six, and I would be outside with him rebounding the ball. And one day he was just like, shoot the ball. And after a couple of times I made it. And it was like, wait, hold on. How did you learn how to do that? So recognizing and fostering that talent, I no longer was a rebounder. I really would start, he started working with me. And, you know, the more I worked at it, the better I became. And I fell in love with it young, like six, seven years old, playing with my brother, watching my brother. And I'll never forget going to Walker Ford Community Center down here in Tallahassee for summer camp. And I don't care. My brother was, you know, teenage years. I was 10. He still put me on his team. And he said, a whole point about this is I will stand with you. I trust you. Don't what we taught you put in the work. Don't clam up because you're around older kids. You got this. And so just playing, playing with the boys, right? Older boys, high school boys. But my brother had my back. And so from there, it just fostered all the way from a young age to even now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That is beautiful. Man, it's, it's something about having somebody that you trust and believe in that, you know, has your back telling you, okay, I'm here. You know, you're not, you're not going to fall. Nothing's going to go wrong. Just, you know, go do what you do. Yeah. Having, having that support is, is absolutely amazing. And, and we really need that sometimes. Cause like me, I'm the one that will, you know, stay on the side and no, I'm okay over here. <laughs> you do that. You got it. Having that. No, you're going to come over here too. Absolutely. That's, yeah. That's the beautiful thing. I so, agree. We talked about basketball. So let's talk about your your college days, your college experience and get more into that uh, that basketball story and how it led you to the point where you are today. Absolutely. So, again, down here in Tallahassee, Florida, we know Tallahassee is home to Tallahassee Community College, Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, FAMU and Florida State University. And so there were three options here. And most people thought I wanted to, I wanted the HBCU experience. My entire family, majority of them are family rattlers. And I am too, to my core. But, you know, being an athlete and we know how it goes, we, you know, have offers here and there. And so I actually tore my ACL. And that, of course, led to offers being kind of removed and taken away. And Livingstone College in Salisbury, North Carolina, still wanted Chelsea. And, you know, I prayed about it and I realized that was the right move to make for me at the time. Coach Andrew Mitchell and his entire staff just put so much faith in me. And I went up there. It was my first time away from home, like not even the, the, the state. Right. Just all the way gone. And now in Salisbury, North Carolina, right outside of Charlotte. And I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, coming in as a point guard again and even being young, I'm a freshman. But that is a role where. I don't care if you're a captain or not. The point guard position is the head. You're the floor general. So enjoy that experience. But, you know, I was a biology and chemistry major, meeting so many new people. It was just different for me. But it was that family feel again, much like I explained about my high school experience. So getting my degree, learning those hard lessons from professors that I think we all could share when we talk, you know, but even down to pledging, uh, you know, there was something that I didn't think that I was going to do. But again, you get into this atmosphere, you know, uh, just friends that you 
felt like you've known a lifetime, you know, playing basketball, having support in the fans, looking in the stands and people are yelling your name and you didn't even know that they knew you. And so, you know, receiving my degree, enjoying and experiencing that college life, it was amazing for me. It also brought some challenges, but I would not, like what I say, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. That's exactly how I felt about that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all day. You know, there's nothing like that, that college experience. And I, I pray that we can get over this this COVID, I'll call yeah. it a moment, even though it feels feels like it's lasted forever. Right. So that the college students now and the future generations of college students can actually get the same experience that we got. Right. You know, living in the dorms, joining the groups and organizations, um, pledging, like you said. Um, let's talk about Greek life. Greek, okay. You know, um, <laughs> Let, let's let's dig into that and your journey that led you to Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Absolutely. So as you said, I am a member, a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. You know, growing up, I I was always the one that was just different. I didn't try to be. I just dared to be different in my thoughts processes. But, you know, my family, my mom, you know, my godmother, uh, you know, teachers, all this, they were members of this organization. And I just remember growing up and recognizing all these women who were educators and doctors and lawyers and all of these things, but they still found time to give of their time and their energy and their service. I remember being a little kid and, you know, standing outside of programs, waiting on my mom to finish up. I remember watching her in meetings and all those things. And we were part of Delta Teens and which is now Delta Gyms, all of these, you know, different programs that the organization put on. So when it came time in college for me to pledge, honestly, Anitra, I hadn't thought about it. I really didn't. My mom was just like, well, what do you think? It's on you. And I hadn't thought about it because I was a college athlete and that takes so much time. And I'll never forget walking into uh, the cafeteria and I saw the interest meeting on the bulletin board. I called my mom and I was like, well, I hadn't thought about it, but I see they have an interest meeting. What do you think? She's like, baby girl, I'm never going to pressure you into anything. I want you to lead your own path. And I did, regardless of my parents, my mom being a Delta, all those people around me, my family members, I still paid attention to every organization on the yard and what they were doing. But for me, it just truly was something that reached different in my spirit when I saw members of Delta Sigma Theta. And not only that, you know, you talk about historical members, you know, Shirley Chisholm, you talking about, you know, Dorothy Height, you talk about Natalie Cole, I, and the list could go on, Cheryl Lee Ralph, all of these different things that are members of Delta Sigma Theta. And it exuded what I agree on, scholarship, my academics came first, sisterhood, and the biggest part is service. All right. Our services are rent we pay to live here on earth. And so those are the things that it embodied. But it was founded on Christian principles by 22 amazing women who stepped out in an area and arena of time where that was not a OK for blacks, but two not OK for women. And so that was something that I wanted to add under my belt, not something I needed to validate me, but something that I can add to the organization to continue to be what Delta Sigma Theta strives on, just serving the community that's around us and making people better. So in college, of course, you enjoy it. We step, you know, we do all those things, but that is not where the buck stops. And the biggest thing is that much like some organizations that end in college, we keep going and I'm still an active member today. Yes, I love that. And it's clear to anyone that sees you, that knows you, that you you live by those principles. You walk in that, you exude that. 
Um, Not only that, but, you know, your love for Christ and everything that Christ stands for. So I want to talk about your your testimony, you know, your your story that, you know, just that that saved your life, that gave you the, the major, you know, overcomer, just, you know, grace saved by the, you know, the blood of Jesus. Let's, let's hear your testimony uh, so that other people can be inspired by that. Oh, sure. So we mentioned all these things about college. We talked about that. Uh, and, you know, it's amazing. You're experiencing that college life, just having an amazing time, you know, p- pledging, you know, of course, you know what it is. We're in college, parties, all these events, you know, and I'll never forget it was my junior year and we were then season and I played in the CIAA. And if you're not familiar with that tournament or that conference, I promise you, you need to get familiar with it. And after COVID go to a tournament. So um, we were actually playing a game and it was towards the end of the week where we had multiple games and I did not feel bad. I'm an athlete. I'm fit. I'm young. So I didn't feel bad, but in the game, I just remember being very tired and hot and, but that wasn't uncommon. So um, I remember inbound the ball. And the next day, I remember I waking up in the hospital. So that was something that truly threw me for a loop and, you know, asking questions about what's going on. And no one really could tell me. They just kind of deduced it to dehydration and sent me back to campus. Um, so over the next several months, I was experiencing the most severe migraines of my life. And the thing about that is I never, ever had migraines. So going back and forth to doctors and specialists and all of these things, and it actually was getting very exhausting and overwhelming. And so I finally remember there was a doctor that said, you know, you, again, are young, you're fit. There's no reason this should be happening, especially when you've not had any issues prior. So they placed me in a hospital to do some exploratory procedures and run tests and all of these things. And it seemed like forever, honestly, I started feeling like a pincushion. I felt like, you know, I was a lab rat. And finally, I will never forget the doctor walked in and she said, Chelsea, I think um, we figured out the issue to your problem. I'm like, okay. So you have to remember, I actually was in North Carolina. My family was in Florida. So they were on the way. But at that moment, I was by myself. The doctor basically said, after running several scans and using contrast, we found out that you have a brain aneurysm. So I knew a couple of different cases of people with brain aneurysms. And of course, being a science major and a pre Med major, I knew what that meant, but majority of people that I knew that had brain aneurysms were not living to even hear the diagnosis. So long story short, um, the question was, Chelsea, should we operate on this? Because I want you to understand that there are more negative side effects than positive ones to do that because of its placement. Or do we watch and wait, make sure that it doesn't grow and give you a, a, a treatment plan to ensure that it stays stabilized? So after speaking with my family and praying, you know, I decided to watch and wait. And so over the next couple of years, it was scans to make sure, treatment. And you get to a place where that just becomes a lot. You know, you use the term, the cure is worse than disease. And I never forget, you know, coming back down to Florida. And there was a doctor that basically said, I feel like you're a walking time bomb and I want to go get this. So we worked out a treatment plan. And as we got ready to prepare, I went to pre-op and we were discussing, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is what it looked like. And he turned on the lights to take a look at my scans, just explained to me the procedure. And I noticed his face started to kind of, you know, look slumped over. So he said, give me just a second. He walked out and got another surgeon. Um, he came back in. So they're looking and they're conversing with one another, but not with me. So I started to get a little nervous, but I'm like, okay. But then they left again and they grabbed another surgeon. 
So at this point, I'm really nervous and I'm like, okay, doc, I don't know what's going on, but can somebody please talk to me because I'm getting really nervous here. He turned around and said, Chelsea, I don't want to alarm you. And, you know, I've been in this for a while. I've seen a lot of things. So in my mind, I'm thinking this thing grew, this thing ruptured. I don't know, you know, and he turned around and said, I'm looking at the scans that you came in with over the years. And I'm looking at the scan that you took before you came in today. And Chelsea, I don't see anything. And so he started to talk. But in that moment, as they kept talking to me, I was already in my praise moment because see my prayer, when I first found out the diagnosis, my prayer was that God, if you heal me, I know what you said you're able to do. And if you heal me, I promise you, I will be your mouthpiece. I will tell the story. In your word, you said, by your stripes, I'm already healed. So I know you got this. I know you got me. And so in that moment, I knew that my stripes had been activated. I knew that his promise had been activated. And in that moment, as I said, as I was talking to somebody the other day, my prayer was my prescription. And by that prayer, his hands had made me whole. My faith had made me whole. And so the doctors looked and I said, I don't need to hear anything else. I know what God has done. He was like, well, do you think I could still research? Yep, do everything you need to do, okay? And if you find something, you can call me. But I know that God has come through for me. And I live right now just like I promised God to tell the story. Woo, boy, boy, boy. See, that right there. See, you always have me ready to shout, Chelsea. <laughs> I promise you, it, it just, it comes out of you. Boy, you, you live by that testimony and every every show that you do, every person that I see you talk to online, boy, it's, it's powerful stuff. You yeah. know, my God, my God. See, God, God is real. Yes, he is. See, people don't, they don't believe that. You know, they don't, they don't trust that to the fullest. Yeah. But he will, he will let you know. You know, just like I said before, God is undefeated. He is. He'll always be undefeated. That's it. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. So the servant leader. The servant leader. The servant leader herself. Yes. 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 <laughs> so I'm not going to put you on the spot because I know we had talked before. <laughs> your beautiful, your beautiful voice with us. And and I did catch catch the the show that you did the other day. The music was amazing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. They were awesome. Oh my gosh, that was beautiful. You know, it's nothing like praise and worship choir music. No, it's not. Oh my gosh, you know that. You know, put music on. I always had music in the house when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Whether it was my, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, there was always music playing in the house, and most of the time it was before church or while we were cleaning, Saturday morning cleaning, Kathy had going in the house. But, you know, all aspects of God are absolutely just beautiful and amazing. I agree. So I want to talk about leader. How did you get the idea for that? And, you know, where, where are you at today with that? Uh, I'm a fan of the show. Oh, thank you. Uh, I love what you're doing with it. You know, all all facets of praise, you know, stories, not just coaches and basketball people, but just I love it. So share with the people the servant leader. So the servant leader, and I say this all the time, the servant leader is me and the servant leader is you. 
And it's a choice. It's a choice that we make. And so now that everyone's heard my testimony and learned a little bit more about me, you learn that I grew up watching my parents, my mom and my grandparents serve. That's how I grew up. I grew up watching the people around me, the members of Delta Sigma Theta serve. Right. And so it was embedded within me that, as I said before, that quote that says service is the rent that we pay to live on this earth. And so the servant leader started back in April. I mean, it always started, but it started back in April where God basically um, in the midst of the thick of the pandemic, God gave me this platform, this idea that a lot arena for coaches, athletes and athletic professionals. And honestly, anybody that leaves to come to a place where faith begins to be normalized, where faith in God and understanding, as you said, Anitra, God is real, is normalized. A lot of times our titles and our positions allow us to feel that we can't express our love of God or recognize and share with people where our help comes from because we feel that our position does not allow that. And so the servant leader, like I said, started in April. It started out with the week-long Bible study plan. That was it. And after the end of that week, everyone was just so in tune with one another, had learned so much, had, you know, built our faith that, you know, we decided to keep it going. And so here we are in December. We've had the likes of Miss Cheryl Swoops. We've had, you know, Coach Kelly Graves. We had Rashawn Ali. The list and the names go on. And so I'm even amazed a lot of times. We even had Anutra Burton. Uh, herself on there along with Brian Burton and Jason Burton. And I tell them I'm an honorary Burton now, you know, so it's just an amazing place where people come on to share their highs and lows. A lot of times people see us in the light of being a coach or a leader. They don't recognize that we go through things. And I tell somebody this this morning, I say it all the time, our testimonies, those tests that we go through, they're not our own. There's freedom in others through our testimonies. And I feel that when people can see, oh, that's Coach Kelly Graves and arguably could have won the national championship last year, if not for COVID. Wait, he's sitting on here talking about his faith? Cheryl Swoops, multi-gold medalist, Hall of Famer, WNBA champion. Wait, she's sitting here talking about her faith? And so when you do that, it allows people to come in and fellowship and recognize, be set free. Learn who God is for themselves, except Christ. And all of those things have been coming out of the servant leader. So, of course, naturally, we get together in a Bible study, devotion and fellowship. But we also have it uh, loaded on the podcast to listen to at a later date and time. And so it has been an amazing venture. uh, And the servant leader spreads abroad through anything, just empowering those and recognizing no matter how we go, how high we go, we are here to serve others. Yes, absolutely. I am a fan. And for those of you that are are listening, if you have not checked out the servant leader, you are truly missing out. (laughs) Make sure that you are situated, if possible, in a place where you're not driving, you're not operating heavy (laughs) because the word is going to hit you. You are going to want to move. You are going to want to shout. I was listening to uh, one of the shows when I was going to the grocery store and, you know, I pulled over and stopped and was just sitting there listening in the car before I went inside. I was sitting there for 45 minutes. I could not get out of the car. (laughs) I was crazy. I was like, Hey, God. As my kids would say, that hit different. It definitely hits differently. It really does. Um, Especially when I go back and listen. So, you know, as I'm moderating it, it's different. But when I get to go back and listen, I'm just like, Oh my goodness. You know, it, it truly is a blessing. Yes, it absolutely is. My God, my God. So yes, check it out. Check it out. Have a notepad and paper and be ready to take some notes 
Yes, God. Yes, God. <laughs> so what would you like for your legacy to be after you have gone on to glory? I would like my legacy to be um, simply that everything that I've touched, right, the spirit of the servant leader, that that lives and moves and embodies with the generations that come behind me, my students, my players, my future kids, my nieces, my nephews. You know, we live in a world now where young people, um, you know, it's based off what they're taught. And we always say that they're different. But, you know, I'm reminded of Jason Wells. He was on with me a couple of weeks ago, and he said, we have to model what we want them to see. And so every day that I move in my waking life, right, like the song says, I'm living this life to live again. So in my walking life of this earth, I want to serve in such a way that it becomes magnetic. It becomes contagious. It becomes the very thing that everybody stops being selfish and self-seeking and becomes selfless, selfless servants. And if we can do that, if I can leave that, that all of those that come behind me, they can remember, oh, you know, my auntie, she used to, oh, you know, my future mommy, she used to, my coach, she used to. And if we can do that, that legacy allows the world to be a better place long after we're gone. And if I can do that, that's what I want my legacy to be. That is beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one last question for you. What is it that you are leaving behind in 2020? I get that. I like that question. Um, I would say uh, recognizing that no is a complete sentence. And the reason that I say that is because uh, on all facets of being servant leaders, we do, regardless of how conscious we are about not doing it, we run on E because we're so willing to help other people. But as we always hear, and it is the truth, you cannot pour from an empty cup. And then when you do, it's just like a soda when it's out. You know, we've all been there. I'm ready to drink my Pepsi. And wait a minute, you you all need to change the syrup, right? And so if we serve in a way empty, it's not giving of ourselves and something that someone needs. So no is a complete sentence. Not no, well, see, I can't because. Not a justification, not an explanation. It's just no. And that's something I've really been working on because I can't move. I can't be I can't be at 100 percent capacity if I'm giving of myself to everyone else. There will be nothing left. So in, in leaving in 2020, it's just learning that no is a complete sentence. Yeah. And no is a powerful word. People have got to get used to saying it and be comfortable with no period. Period. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, because there's always a, 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 a well, uh, 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 no. No, just no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. You should get that put on the teeth. Right. Just no. No, period. I got yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Chelsea, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you. I love you. You are my sister. That light just radiates from you. Never lose that continue to spread that, share that. Um, It is so needed in this world, so needed. And when you get up to glory, you make sure that you continue to radiate that down. That's it. Rainbows, whatever God will let you do to, to, to sprinkle that sparkle, please continue to do that. 
No, absolutely. And I, I just want to tell you, thank you. I mean, I told you anytime that you need me, I'm here. And I knew that this was going to be just like one of our phone conversations or our Zoom conversations, because just like I told you, and just like you say, you are my family and I love you just as well. I love what you do and what you stand for. So I appreciate you more than you would know. And I was just excited to be able to talk to you today. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for the All Access Coaches Corner podcast. Everyone stay safe. Tell your family that you love them. Keep your masks on and your hand sanitizer filled up. And we will catch you next time. Take care. <laughs>